choose to go to the moon. I can't believe what's happening here. I got guns. I got And now, History Boulevard with John Oakley. The 22nd of June, 1969, was actually a Sunday morning. Uh, the river that runs through Cleveland, Ohio, caught fire. And uh, it sort of become, I guess, uh, a meme. It wasn't at the time, but we'll call it a meme now. Uh, when people talk about certain uh, ecological or environmental disaster zones, I mean, this was considered to be almost ground zero, the Cuyahoga River. Richard Stradling is a journalist and historian as well as the author. He and his brother David wrote the book, Where the River Burned, Carl Stokes and the Struggle to Save Cleveland. Let's get Richard in here and find out. What exactly happened on that fateful afternoon? Richard, good to have you with us on The Oakley Show. Hi there. Hi. Good morning or good afternoon. How are you? We're good. We're good. And I appreciate you joining us because, I mean, uh, I heard about this and, you know, it's often been cited as a river was on fire, but I didn't know the full context. So maybe you can fill in the story uh, and the full context, how a river catches on fire. Sure. Um so it actually took place uh, at a railroad trestle where some debris uh, had, had kind of accumulated uh, with with oil and, and other grime in the in the river, and a train had gone over over the top. They, the theory is that a spark from the train uh, caught the river on fire, caught the water, the surface of the water on fire. The train went between two parts of a of a giant um, steel mill. So. It, um, it was in a part of, of the river valley that where a lot of people didn't really go. Um, and like I said, it was late on a Sunday morning. Uh, the fire boat was called. The fire department uh, went down, put out the fire. And it uh, didn't make much news in Cleveland. Um, there was a, a small story about it the next day's paper on Monday morning. Um, but it, and, and really probably would have stayed that way um, if the mayor had not called attention to it the next day. Well, yeah, this sort of became uh, very important in terms of launching or giving impetus to the environmental movement, uh, Love Canal outside of Buffalo, another one such. But uh, what kind of a post-apocalyptic hellish uh, nightmare scenario was the Cuyahoga River in that part of Cleveland back in the late 60s? Well, this is the thing. I mean, the, the, the river had been burning for 100 years. There, um, you know, the, there were steel mills, and uh, there was a very large standard oil refinery in the valley where the river kind of snakes into Lake Erie. And, um, and, and there had been all sorts of pollution there. And the earliest fire we could find was 1868. Um, but by 1969, none of these fires had been really remembered. And not all of them were, were covered locally um, as as issues affecting business. Um, you know, sometimes a boat would catch fire, bridges caught fire, businesses were threatened, the insurance rates would go up. And, and so there was a lot of concern about the practical impact of having a burning river. But by 1969, there was more interest in the environment and the river um, as, a, as an entity by itself. It, it, it just People were no longer tolerant of the idea of are you still with us? I think I lost Richard Stradling there. However, uh, he's in North Carolina this morning. Make it this afternoon. <laughs> he's not in Cleveland. Uh, but he knows all about Cleveland and the Cuyahoga River caught fire. Several fires, he said, over the century. Uh, it was just one of those places where a lot of pollution was kind of accrued because you had steel mills, as he said, standard oil, also had 
a refinery on that river, and they just dumped the effluent into the river itself as it made its way into Lake Erie. Lake Erie was also known as, you know, a pretty risky proposition if you wanted to go swimming, even on the Canadian side, truth be told, but uh, it was more so on the American side just outside of Cleveland. So, uh, Richard, we got you back, and I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, sorry. I was about to say, well, you kind of dropped off when you were explaining, you know, how this gave impetus in the late 60s to the environmental movement as there was more conscientiousness surrounding that. I'm guessing, though, this part of the river was not a local swimming hole. This was rather risky for anybody who got near that water, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was an industrial river valley and um, uh, not a place that, that people in Cleveland went unless they were working down there. Um, but again, as a, as the country was starting to change its attitudes toward the environment, um, you know, incidents like this became symbols. I mean, other rivers around the country had burned in the past, um, uh, in Buffalo, the Buffalo river, um, Houston ship channel. And if you go back to the twenties, uh, the Hudson river and East river in New York had fires on the surface as, as oil would catch fire. And sometimes those would, you know, get get some attention, but again, the 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 country's attitude toward the environment had changed by 1969, and so, you know, when a river catches fire, um, this this caught the imagination. All right. Uh, by the way, it's been cited that this is sort of a ground zero, or at least uh, one of the reasons that the uh, Environmental Protection Agency was founded shortly thereafter. Any credence to that? Well, I don't know about the EPA, but it, it certainly um, helped, you know, the people who were pressing for the Clean Water Act uh, were citing this. Um, there was testimony. In fact, Carl Stokes went to uh, Washington to testify before Congress, um, among many others, um, you know, to try and try and get the federal government to, to take water pollution more seriously. So uh, I don't think it necessarily led to the EPA, but it certainly had a role in, in the Clean Water Act passing. Well, you mentioned uh, Carl Stokes in your book, Where the River Burned, Carl Stokes and his struggle to save Cleveland. So how's the Cuyahoga River today? Have they uh, remediated the river then? Yes, um, tremendously. And in fact, in 1969, it was it was cleaner in 1969 than it had been in the 1950s and 1940s and early 1960s. I mean, the, the uh, that standard oil refinery I mentioned um, had shut down a year earlier, and that was the source of a lot of the oil on the river. Um, but, but yes, on, and the regulations that, that followed, um, on both industry and also on the, the uh, local, um, sewage treatment plants, which were upgraded tremendously. Um, the river is much cleaner now, and it's a place where people, um, it, you know, when I, when I was going to college there in the eighties, people would sit along the river with bars and restaurants, um, down the area called the flats. And now they're, but you still probably wouldn't have kayaked on the river. Or fished in it but i think uh today both of those things are possible and people you know tourists will take uh little excursions up the river as well wow you can fish there uh they're drawing their drinking water yeah, from I'm, yeah i'm not sure you'd want to eat what you caught in there but, but people do <laughs> fish <in the> river. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah a little bit of toxic chemicals with your uh fillet of fish that's a wild story how the river uh came to uh symbolize again uh cleveland you know, as a Rust Belt city that was in decline, but they've remediated it, according to our friend Richard Stradling, journalist and historian, author as well, with he and his brother. They wrote the book, Where the River Burned, Carl Stokes and the Struggle to Save Cleveland. Richard, thanks for sharing this historical moment with us this afternoon. 
All right. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Well, there you go. Down History Boulevard on this date, 1969. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.